We're going to press into Revelation 1, um, verses 12 to 14, in a moment. Because um, just the way we've been moving and the Lord's been moving us in worship there. I just, um, I'm going to repeat something that half a dozen of you have heard probably twice this week already. But I don't care. Because I think it's really important. And I mentioned it this morning. But some of you haven't heard it. So I'll, I just think it's right to push across. Lord, would you open our ears to your voice? We bind up every confusing spirit, every spirit of pride that we know better. Pride that we, um, we can analyse the scripture away. Yeah. Any fear about what it might mean. Just bind up the enemy's schemes to knock us off the truth. That spirit of lies. All named spirits go under the feet of Jesus. Holy Spirit, please come. Fill us again. Fill us with truth. Lord, would, would you just take that truth down deeper into us? Uh, no, deeper and, and deeper so that it doesn't become a truth we think about. It doesn't become a truth we talk about. It doesn't become a truth that we might act on. It becomes who we are. And we sort of can't help ourselves because we're being transformed by the presence of Jesus. Come do your work, Lord. Set us free by the truth we know. Amen. So before we look at who the Son of Man is, and that's what I'm doing tonight, it's quite simple really, on one level. <laughs> I want to look at these verses in Hebrews. And it's what I taught on... Tuesday, for those who are at the conference, retreat, whatever it is. As somebody called it this morning, that retreat thing. Um, it's not quite as busy as Ruth made it sound. She sounded like, it, like there's actually quite a lot of space in it for drinking white wine, I seem to remember. And uh, or somebody else, I wasn't drinking the white wine. But, uh, and all that stuff. But I was, um, I had to end up, to, for those who don't know, I ended up teaching somebody else's notes, which is always fun. Um, so Jason had written this talk, and it became obvious on the Saturday and the Sunday, his COVID, he wasn't going to get clear of the COVID that he had, and therefore he couldn't come. So I had about 24 hours to sort of try and make it my own, even though it wasn't mine. Uh, and mm, so... So I'm probably doing it again tonight because it's actually settling in me a bit more. <laughs> That's probably what's going on. And I just want to get us to get hold of this because this is so much about what we are about as a church, about what we're about as, as people who want to see the kingdom of God come. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. The word there is psyche. So it's the soul, not the spirit. Because we are body, soul, and spirit. Because the moment you're born again, your spirit is utterly transformed. 
The old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creation. It comes later on in 2 Corinthians. We get, we're going to get there eventually in the morning. This is the soul. We have an anchor for our soul. Because it's our soul that gives us problems, isn't it? It's our imagination. It's our emotions. It's our relationships. It's our creativity. It's all, all that stuff that gives us problems. Because it's, it's, that's the expression of our humanity, which is fallen. But that doesn't mean any of those things are bad, because they can be redeemed and renewed and restored. And they're gifts from God. So it's not that we, we mustn't be imaginative. It's not that we mustn't be creative. It's not that we mustn't do all these things. It's, it's, yes, we should, because they're part of what God has given us in the creation of who we are. But they come under the sovereignty of God. As Jared, the word through Jared earlier, you know, he was sovereign from the beginning. You know, even before we knew it. Oh, even before we were alive. Oh, even before the planet existed. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. So where is our soul set? I challenge this morning, if we set our emotions and our imaginations and all those things on stuff, even kingdom stuff, it's going to disappoint. If Wendy set her hope on the fact she's married to a vicar and therefore everything's going to be fine, she was sorely disappointed. <laughs> I do pray for her. She married a teacher, you know. Though I was honest, wasn't I? What did I say the first time we went out? Out loud, dear. No mask. What did I say the first time we went out? That Apart from nice things about you. That you thought you were called to be ordained. There you go. I was up front. I think I'm called to be ordained. First, first, first date. Second date. Follow up from the first one that went quite well. That was right. When my housemate disappeared. Anyway, we won't go into that. We have this hope as an anchor for this. Where is your soul anchored? Is your soul anchored in my spouse must come to faith? And the Lord's told me it's going to happen. Is it anchored there? Is my soul um, anchored in, I'm praying for healing for so-and-so, and I think the Lord's told me it's going to be, so therefore they're going to be healed. Is it anchored in that? Notice I'm not choosing bad things. Is my soul, soul anchored in this building? My soul anchored in, I, I need a dose of Johnny every week, because then we can have some good worship. Is my soul anchored in? All those things will disappoint. Sorry, Johnny, don't take it personally. But all those things will disappoint at some point. If you've been in ministry nearly 25 years, I've been a Christian longer, but I've been, in, I've been paid to do it for 25 years. Do you know some of the words that you get and you think of God and maybe were God don't happen? Or they don't happen tomorrow, or they don't happen next month. But then we know it's further down the line. I brought a word, I got a word 10 years ago, which didn't make any sense to me at the time, but I filed it. It was all about lions and being courageous. And I weren't, we weren't here. And then when we got here, it was like, oh, hello. Where's that word I got? Because the, the Lord transcends time, so therefore the linear thing that we do doesn't matter to him. 
If our hope, where are we anchored? And the anchor we have is firm and secure. Where is the hope? Go on, the vicar's asking a question. The answer is? Hallelujah. Our hope is in Jesus and in him alone. So he enters the sanctuary, it says, doesn't it? Have we all lost the ability to read? It enters the sanctuary. Not he. It enters the sanctuary. What is the it? Go back to the sentence before. Looks at English teacher for inspiration. It's the hope. Or it could be... The anchor. It's actually probably the anchor. Could be either, but they're sort of linked, aren't they? So that's fine. So the anchor, the hope that is the anchor, goes into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. The anchor for our souls is in the inner sanctuary. Do you remember we had a sermon? I think Martin did it a few... Ooh, I was going to say a few months ago. It may be 18 months, maybe a couple of years ago now. And he told us, and it's in the scriptures, about the fact that the priest, the, the chief priest, would come to the tabernacle and then the temple... And they put a rope round his waist on the Day of um, Atonement. And he'd go into the sanctuary to, to take the sacrifice in. But he'd be tied to everybody left behind. So that if he died in the presence of God, which they thought might well happen. Because you can't, nobody could stand in the presence of God. Come on. Nobody could stand in the presence of God. And now the presence of God is in me. What? That's what the blood of Christ has done. Anyway, back to the priest who's got the tie around his waist and he's gone in. And I've seen Jewish commentaries on this and they say normally the priest would faint in there and have to be pulled out. As it fall as if dead. Oh, back to John, back to Revelation 1 1 now. And, but he would pull, be pulled out. So the priest was anchored in the world and could have a brief moment in the inner sanctuary. Where is our anchor? In the inner sanctuary. And that's what we need to get hold of. It, the anchor that is ours, entered the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who's already done this, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This is the priest that would have gone in. The high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He's become a priest and he's gone in. But the difference here is he's gone in and he's stayed there. And he's turned round and now he's welcomed us in as well. We talk about being raised with Christ. We talk about our identity in Christ and to pray from above and not below. Have you heard me say things like this? Quite a lot, some of you. But this image, this Old Testament image of the guy going in and being pulled out, being anchored to the earth but going into the sanctuary has now been utterly flipped. 
by the blood of Christ, like so many other things from the old covenant, has been just been flipped round. Now we, can, we are anchored in the heavenlies. Instead of being anchored in the earthly and trying to reach the heavenly stuff, we actually have our existence here in the heavenlies. And instead of reaching, we now minister out of this fullness, which is the heavenlies, into the earthly. Where do you live? In the earthly. Where do you have your being and your existence? In the heavenlies. We are rooted, our anchor. So when stuff is rubbish, has any, any, anybody gone through any rubbish stuff in the last five or six weeks or so? Come on, the rest are just lying. I know. <laughs> but we have, haven't we? What we tend to do is go, we sit on the earthly side and go, oh, it's rubbish, isn't it? Nothing's going to go right. The NHS, the NHS are rubbish. They're not going to sort this out. And this is going to happen. That's wrong. Teachers, oh, don't talk to me. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And on we go. Rather than, Lord, this stuff is pants. It's a problem, but I know I have everything in you. I know you love me. I know I stand here, anchored, solid, firm. I mean, how many images do we want? Jesus is the rock, and we stand firm on him. He's taken the eight. There's so many flipping images, but we forget. And as people doing ministry, whether it's Johnny doing worship or you trying to witness to friends or leading a house group or whatever it is, we stand on the earth and go, Lord, give us some heaven. We'll try and get some heaven. Well, let's just have a bit of heaven. And we stand in worship on a Sunday and we go, do your heaven broke through this morning? Whoa, heaven is... In my heart. Rubbish song. Brilliant theology. Sorry. Don't tell Graham Kendrick that if you ever see him. It's not, not one of his best. But heaven is in my heart. Yeah. So does heaven need to break through every Sunday? What do we need to do? Release heaven every Sunday. Why? Because we're anchored in the heavenlies and we're raised with Christ. And Are you getting it? And you might be sitting there going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, I know. But Christians don't go, yeah, but, Lord. They go, yes, Lord. The yeah, but is doubt, sorry, but it is. Hey, please, how many times have I said, yeah, but? If we can get hold of where we really stand, of where we're really anchored, it will transform. It's beginning to transform you, isn't it? Those of you that have engaged with the freedom prayer, engaged with what we've been teaching, it's beginning to transform you. It's different to what it was, isn't it? And there's more. And more. And more. You, you, haven't, you haven't got a little box in heaven that's got your name on it, that's got a little few resources there, and it's just for you. You've got the eternity of heaven around you and behind you. It's all there for you. There's the abundance. Does that mean we'll be healthy and wealthy on the earth? No. Because we live in this place that is fallen. 
And some will have the finances and some won't. And some will see healing and some won't. And it's okay. People aren't healed, you know, as long as we do the warfare and stop the enemy robbing us. It, our security, our anchor, the firmness, is in the inner sanctuary. Because Jesus has done it. Sorted. Oh, but I don't feel... No, feel, psyche, soul, in the inner sanctuary. What what we're about now is transforming that reality. That reality that is in the spiritual realm into the reality in our lived life that's the hard part sorry but if if we start thinking that we're standing in heaven we still think we're naughty little boys and girls who don't deserve you know and i get that and a lot of the songs talk about that we don't deserve this we don't deserve that no we don't but we do we don't deserve it but because of jesus we do he's not going to hide his love from us to tease us You know, if you tell a child, you go, oh, I don't love you anymore, and you're teasing, they believe you in the moment. And it'll take a very long time to undo that teasing. Well, you don't love me. Huh? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Oh, I was only teasing. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. That's not a one, one negative, nine positives. I think that's a one negative and 99 positives, actually. That one. Let's look at, let's look at Jesus. Not that we haven't been, but you know what I mean. Revelation, oh God, that was close. Phone nearly hit the floor. Revelation 1, verses 12 to 14. And we're going to focus on one verse. It's really weird, because I sat down with this, and I said to the Lord, well, what am I going to say? He said, well, what do you want to say, sort of thing. I said, well, look, there's something obvious about this. I said, but they'll all know that. And he just said, will they? So you're going to get the blindingly obvious at one point. I hope this is the same as I've got here. I could, look, I could read it from up there, couldn't I? I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Bit weird, lampstands talking, isn't it, really? But Revelation is a bit weird, isn't it? And we haven't got to the weird bit yet, because that's in chapters 5 through 20. Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. The Greek doesn't have inverted commas around it. The Greek just says like a someone, like a son of man. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a gold sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Two comments then onto the idea of Jesus as the Son of Man. Here's the verse that says, We see the voice of God. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me. Who's speaking? Jesus, because asking a question. Yeah. Jesus is speaking. I turned around to see, we would say, I turned around to see the person who was speaking to me. 
I turned around to see who was speaking to me. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. John, all the way through Revelation, is scrabbling for words. Because the experience he is having is beyond his brain. I don't care how big your brain is, God will push you further. But what I am fed up with is with people diminishing their brain and telling how stupid they are. We've all been made with a brain that is so much more than we, than we can imagine because God gave it to us. So engage. Think. Don't just dismiss it. Don't giggle it off. Just, just, just go for it. I don't care if teachers have labelled you stupid. I don't care if parents... Sorry, didn't look at you then. Sorry. <laughs> don't care if parents have told you you're thick. You're not. Don't care if you didn't come out of school with all the qualifications. It doesn't matter. But engage your brain. Don't just go, I don't do that. Engage. God speaks to us in such a way that we see his voice. What does that mean? How long you got? We won't go, this is just a comment. We could ask everyone here. We could ask everyone here. And I'm being serious tonight. I'm not being flippant, I'm being serious. We could ask everyone here and the way we see the voice of God will be different. Yeah, okay. There'll be some of us seeing a similar way. But it'll still be different and unique. John turned to see the voice of God. And then we saw the seven golden lampstanders. If you look at the rest, this is about the church. If it's seven churches, but it's the perfect seven, it's the church. It's the church. Yes, it is seven churches. There's going to come seven churches. But it is representative of the whole church. The golden lampstanders are there. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. And it's those, that phrase I want to focus on. Someone like a son of man. Take, take those flipping inverted commas off. Take the, because that immediately has interpreted it. It's something like a son of man. But not really is what it's saying, isn't it? take it off and read it for what it says there is someone like a son of man and the, word, the phrase son of man is a very Hebrew phrase to use and it's used in the Old Testament in different ways but what, is, what do you think a son of man do you know what the word for man is in Hebrew you do you do somebody, somebody said it I think it's Adam so someone like a son of Adam what does that mean? I've no trick questions. These are all straightforward. If you're a son of a... Come on, we've all, some of us have read Narnia, haven't we? Are the dwarves call the four <laughs> children the sons of Adam? Sons and daughters of Adam? What does it mean? We're humans. So they, he saw someone like a human. That's all it means on one level. That's all it means. Someone like a human. So somebody recognizably human the reason they put those inverted commas on is because it's someone like so therefore it's, it is someone who is fully human but there's more that's what they're trying to do there and I get it but 
<laughs> oh, till I actually look at my notes, would that help? No. Might make me stop in time. Jesus uses this phrase, the Son of Man, about himself more than any other. So it's a, it's a self-appellation, I believe is the word. It's what, what he calls himself. He calls himself Son of Man. Because what he's trying to say to them is, I represent you all. I'm a human. But there's more. Because when he's with the disciples, they're going, this guy's, this guy's got something, he's got more, he's beyond this. And he goes, I am the son of man. He's, I, I, I. But he often says, I am the son of man. Oh, what does that mean? Well, actually, he's called elsewhere the second man. The second Adam, the second man. So he is, if Adam is the, representative, the first representative of humanity, Jesus is the second representative of humanity. Here's some engage your brain stuff. But it's not that heavy, really. What the, so the image of the Son of Man actually is referring, John here especially is referring back to Daniel chapter 7. Chris's cue. Uh, Daniel chapter 7. He's got chapter 13. I'm going to read. Chris, I don't need this up. I don't need this up. He's got from verse 13, but I'm going to read from verse 1. So just listen to the first bit, okay? In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream. A vision passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, so Daniel's speaking words about what he's seen in his sleep. Ah, there you go. I looked, and before me there were four winds of heaven churning up the great sea, four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. First, like a, if you know your Ezekiel, you knew Revelation 4, first like a lion, and it had the wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off and it was lifted from the ground, so it stood on two feet like a man, and the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, get up and eat your fill of flesh. Please, don't go looking for interpretations on the internet, because you'll get a load of baloney. I used that word this morning, about the bear being the Russian Empire and all this stuff. It's just shot through with political rubbish, which is not what this is about. It was great. After that, I looked up, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard. And on its back, it had four wings like that of a bird, and the beast had four heads, and it was... Is this, this is pretty bonkers, isn't it? It was given authority to rule. What's going on? After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a false beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims, trampled underfoot whatever was left. Some people have interpreted that as the Industrial Revolution. I don't know where people get off on this stuff, I really don't. Uh, but it, send, it sends the church up, stuffing cul-de-sacs, and they end up looking up their own what's it's and not doing what they're supposed to do. Noses. Was the word. Stop it. <laughs> 
While I was thinking about the horns, there you go, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and the three of the first horns were uprooted before it, and the horn had eyes like, like the eyes of a man and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days, God, set, took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair of his head was white like wool. Oh, the, the, revelation, the revelation passage, you, can you hear the echoes? John's seeing what he's seeing because he's so full of scripture. His, th his throne was flaming with fire and its wheels, what wheels? Read the early bits. The wheels were ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Where are we? heaven then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire where are we we're in revelation now aren't we no we're not we're still in Daniel 7 the other beasts have been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time in my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man hmm Coming with the clouds of heaven. Actually coming on the clouds of heaven. We're on, we're on the verse now. Coming with the clouds of heaven, coming on the clouds of heaven. Of course, it's a word that could mean any of those things. Coming near the clouds of heaven. Raised up. A human being riding the clouds? What's all that about? It's about authority. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. To go into God's presence, he is holy. That, there's your first point. The Son of Man is holy. He is perfect. The Son of Man that John is talking about in Revelation is holy. But he's not just a holy human, he's a heavenly man. He's a heavenly man. Humanity in its original design, taken where? Into the presence of the Ancient of Days. Taken into the Godhead, raised to heaven, being fully natural and fully supernatural. To Peter, you know everything you need to let us go. So you can participate in the divine nature. That's what Jesus has done. Please don't hear a new age thing that I'm about to say. Since we are born again, we have been God-men and women. Not like new age scope, I'm God. No, Christ in me and my nature is now transformed. And don't go to the superior place either. Daniel 7 reckon recognizes as well that this human is now at the throne amongst all these evil worldly kingdoms of these beasts yes that's why i wanted to read that first bit to you so not only is he holy but he stands in a position above all the kingdoms so he has authority oh that's what it says in verse 14 he was given authority that's what's happening in in Revelation as well, it's a declaration of his authority. And actually, the long robes would speak to someone at John's time and in Daniel about 
authority. The gold sash from the Revelation passage would speak of authority. Jesus has authority. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. He has authority. And he is the warrior king. I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter, but read on for the rest of the chapter because he leads the people into battle and he leads them victoriously. So Jesus calls himself the son of man. The son of man isn't just human. He is the heavenly man and he's taken humanity into the Godhead. He is holy. He is holy. He has authority over the kingdoms. He is dressed to show that authority. Even the white hair that's attributed to him shows that he has wisdom. Jackie, we're quitting. <laughs> and he is the victorious warrior king. And since that moment, he has been at war. And he is still at war. And we still live in a war zone. And if we ever get comfortable. Anybody got comfortable during lockdown? In one way? I, I think we have. Because you know, other people have run around and made it easier. And but if we get comfortable, we forget we're in a battle. And it is a battle. And it's a daily battle. Oh, I could take a few hours off the battle. When we were on holiday before Christmas, I took some... No offence, I took some time off church, I took some time off people, but we couldn't take time off battle. Because when we do, guess what happens? You get slapped. Because we're dangerous. Not me and Wendy, we are dangerous because we, we're beginning to know who we are in Christ. We're beginning to see the authority we have in Christ. We're beginning to assert that. The enemy does not like it. And he doesn't want to trip you up and make you look stupid. It's like he wants to destroy you. And when I say destroy you, I mean destroy you. He knows he can't have you eternally because we belong to Jesus. Your anchor is in the heavenlies. But he wants to destroy you in the here and now and everything that you could possibly do for the kingdom of God. And he wants to destroy it. And one of the things he wants to do is to put us against each other. Because once we're against each other, he doesn't have to do anything. He just lets us tear the other one down. So much easier. If the enemy isn't at you, the question to ask yourself is, what, what am I not doing for God? Because the enemy's leaving you alone. We should walk into a room, we should walk into a shop and change the atmosphere. Not because I've gone, I bind this up, I do that, I do that. Just by being there. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. And how do I do it? Number one, two, three, four, and five, believe it. Oh, but what do I have to do? How to? No, believe it. If you, you know, when did you start believing you could hear God like this? When, sorry, when did you start hearing God like this? When I believed I could. When did you start transforming the atmosphere? When I believed I could. When did you start seeing more healing? When I believed we could. 
And we see more than we used to. But it's not enough. I'm sorry, it's not. I want to see more. I want to see more people come to faith. I want to see more people set free. Four verses quickly, and I'm coming into land, Johnny. I'm not coming to land on, in on Johnny. I'm not getting Johnny to come into land, but I'm just, yeah. Luke 19.10. This is just New Testament gospel examples of where the word Son of Man is used. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Thank goodness the NIV's got it right there. Not to seek and save who was lost, but to come to seek and save that which was lost, what was lost. But it's the Son of Man doing that. You know, this ministry that we do that's all about restoring our identity and all the rest of it, it's the ministry of the Son of Man. Does that mean the Son of Man Jesus? Does it mean the Son of Man us? But that's what's so wonderful about this image of Jesus as the Son of Man. Mark 8, 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man, this one's less comfortable, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Who, who do we believe in because he died on a cross and was rose again? The, the, up there, the Son of Man. Yes, Jesus, of course he answers Jesus. But the Son of Man. And does that mean Jesus as God or Jesus as, as a, a human being? Yes. You're getting there. Mark said 10.45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's not just the glory stuff, it's not just the authority stuff, it's not just the power stuff, it's the sacrifice stuff, it's the servant stuff, it's the ransom stuff, it's the stuff that's going to cost us. Mark 14, 62, last one. I am, said Jesus, ah, that's always like, oh. and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, and, what did it say in Revelation to start with? Coming. On the clouds of heaven. Oh, and it was in Daniel. Oh, and here it is in Mark. Oh, actually, it's in Mark because who said it? Jesus. So is Jesus the one on the clouds in Daniel? Yes. Is Jesus the one on the clouds in Revelation? Yes. Because he's the one that says he's going to do it. <laughs> but Daniel happened before Revelation. Forget the time thing. Because the dream, the vision that Daniel had is the, t the time doesn't matter. So... He is sovereign. Let's, we're going to come into some more worship. Just let that go. If you need to get on, and that's fine. But just worship, like I said this morning. Actually, just minister one to another. We're fine with that. If you have words and you feel it's right to go and share. You know, um, if the person you're going to minister with is okay with it, take your mask off because it's easier to hear then. Masks make me deaf, which is a bit strange. But be encouraged by this picture of Jesus. He has taken our humanity into the good Godhead. He has authority and dominion and gives that to us by his presence in us. He is the warrior king and will lead us in battle. And he is the one that has won the victory. 
The Son of Man is awesome. The Son of Man has done all that. And you know what the most awesome thing is? He's our friend. Let's worship.